Welcome to another episode of Wake Up with Wesley. I'm your host, Wesley, and I am sitting here today with Matthew Brady. In the flesh, here we are. of Say Yeah. You know, popularizer. We'll, we'll start at that. We'll let the, we'll let the story decide. I, you, okay, this is the weirdest podcast I've ever done. Because I don't even know what the hell Say Yeah is. My brother came home one day with a tattoo on his bum bum, on his buttocks of Say Yeah. Then his beautiful girlfriend came with the same tattoo. And I'm like, what is, this is a gang, a club? What is this? And they said, we will not tell you. You must speak to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Matthew. Well, you know, there goes the neighborhood, right? <laughs> I think uh, in the, gosh, in the four years that I've been lucky enough to know your younger brother, um, probably nothing has tied us together more closely than the bond of Say Yeah, which itself is is a tale. It's a tale to be told. And to any listener who's out there, be it uh, Senegal or Saudi Arabia, I think you need to fire up your tattoo gun, get the cassette deck and the needle because... <laughs> We, I'll be honest. We got a we got a story for you. So, yeah, we're here. It's, we're we're here on the Lord's Day. We're here in Utah, and at the end of the Mormon Trail, and <laughs> I am sitting in a darkened room and kind of ruminating on the the heavens above. If you could see the skylight, you would understand. But yeah, I am really happy to be here because I have been witness and sort of proximate to your rise of the podcast, and I think it's really interesting. And here we are. I'm so happy so. to have scooped you up. And I'm kind of, I'm going to give my brother, Rory's here. Rory is here. He's I'm gonna here. He's going to be talking. Wesley, so when this whole thing came to be an idea and a yachty, whatever, she kept saying, like, who are, we need people, like, interesting people. And this was the only name. I had nobody, who else do I know that's like, oh, they'll come tell you an interesting story that, not even a story, but just a lifestyle, a way of happiness or reaching happiness and whatever and it's always been matt brady and you're always like who the fuck is matt brady like who is he why won't you tell me but it's because i think you've been really smart you've waited for this moment you I, knew it would come. i knew he was gonna be here He's i banking. knew he would come no. and and i just didn't want to soil i didn't want to sully any of his or anything soil. well matt let's start right here okay my friend First of all, it's called Wake Up with Wesley. And what I'm most intrigued about in life, well, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with a lot. I'm a curious cat. I want to know everything. But I really like to know people's wake up calls. And I have a feeling, I'm going to just call it, that say yeah is a part of your life's wake up call. It's like a mission. It's a way of life. So what is it? What is it? What's your life's wake up call? How does it involve say yeah? What the hell is say yeah? Say yeah. Well, what isn't say yeah? I guess we should start there. We'll work backwards. Um, you know, to me, it was, it's always been an interest of mine to be kind of curious about what, what sparks others. And growing up, I've always been deeply curious. And it doesn't really matter the, the topic. It could be Metallica or meiosis. Like it, there's something to be learned from that. So if we're going to go back, um, I guess we're going to start in Abilene, Texas in 1969. Now, this is back back. Yeah, man. yeah. So LBJ decides not to run. We elect a Richard Nixon. <laughs> and it's an hour long podcast. Just so you know. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> all right. So in 1969, a, a friend of mine who, I mean, this is years before I was conceived, but through his son, 
he decides that as a you know as a non-compliant observer of the war in vietnam that he is going to take his talents up to canada to he refuses to fight so mr don lawson i want to give a shout out to don um he's probably not hip or privy to the podcast but i think he would really dig the format don lawson comes from close to the geographical center of texas the geographical center of texas take your texas map people and it could be your Thomas guide. It's your Google, and fold it in half. Go to your junk and find your Texas map. <laughs> right at that meridian, you're gonna find Brady, Texas, my my family name. But regardless, Don Lawson grows up close to Brady in Abilene, Texas. A brother is a minister. Other brother is is an attorney at law. Shout out to Mike Amaro. And the war breaks out. He obviously he doesn't jibe with it, and he decides to leave. Now, being a draft dodger carries weight it's a kind of a funny thing that comes up in dylan songs but you'd go to jail you risked you know kind of losing face in your community let alone your brother is a minister your other brother's an attorney you're an upstanding family he goes up to canada and he starts to grow cannabis and he spends most of the war through the early 70s growing weed in um, in alberta and later into into british columbia and how deep do I go into the story? It's kind of a fun. I one. mean, I'm interested already. All but right. Who so, is this guy? So Don Lawson. Don. He, he is a hippie redneck. He is your, like, he is your San Francisco meets Mobile, Alabama. I mean, he he talked with a draw. I mean, kind of like a molasses in the back of your throat. There, there ain't there ain't no way. And I mean, he's got he's got a good a phrase for any time of the day. Don Lawson, the way he talk here, yeah. So we grew up with this guy, and I'm like, who, who is Don Lawson? So he's, he spends the early 70s. He's growing his weed. He's putting it into um, to hockey bags, whatever those bags are that the hockey guys put their pucks and stuff in. And they throw them into the river, and it floats across the U.S. border into Idaho, into Montana, into Washington State. So he does this for a while, and he gets really good with people. And he's, just, he's a likable, he's an affable southern, southern guy. And... Um, Conclusion of the war, he comes back, he moves back to Southern California, or moves to Southern California for the first time, becomes a PE teacher. He spends four decades getting his skin baked by the sun. His face looks like an old catcher's mitt. And Don Lawson is just this endearing character. So growing up, I'm friends with his son. And if it was, you know, beach time and we're going to make a trip to go see Motley Crue or buy something at Guitar Center. It was Don Lawson who was like, y'all boys going to take my van. Y'all going out scope out for some girlies. Like anything. Don was the guy. He was the supplier. He was our dealer. But he was this short, just loving man. He would cry when he would see children. He he could go on and on about the whales and the birds and the clouds and the way humidity affects. He was just a true salt of the earth guy. And now we'll get into say, yeah, coming, <laughs> coming from the South. Have any of you gone down for some, you know, some honky tonk Southern biscuit? Think of that. Think of that. When you bite into biscuits and gravy, that's what it's like chit-chatting with Don Lawson. Mm -hmm. So he's full of euphemisms. He's fun. At these, these just ridiculous. His, his grammar. He is, an, he is a relic of the past, of a, of a time that sadly is, is beyond us. And... One of his most 
obviously endearing expressions to us was, was say yeah. So, um, Leslie, you love your daughter. Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. Leslie. <laughs> you know what? Call me whatever. What? Say yeah. You know what? Say, say yeah. yeah. Yes, Leslie. This is the first time they're really meeting, so. This is, no, you guys, That's I've been true. trying to get this guy on here for forever. I, I'll Call me Leslie. I don't care. We have to cross. Wake up with Leslie. Lake up with Leslie. We need to traverse a time zone. <laughs> okay, so here we are. Now, say yeah. Now, before I go into say yeah, and this is an expression, say yeah comes from the simple idea that if you are listening to this podcast, there has probably been a moment of time in your life where you were faced with a choice. Now, arguing against any sort of, you know, violence or self-harm, goddamn, nine times out of ten in your life, having an open mind having a perspective that is more broad than the average bear, being able to look at something that confuses, frightens, or alarms you, and being able to kind of, you appraise it, and then you're open to it. You say yeah to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a funny slogan, but it doesn't matter if it's a new cuisine. It doesn't matter if it is a sonnet. It doesn't matter if it's a religion that you find is kooky, but you're curious about the person who is obviously affected by it. Wait, this is me. You're speaking to the choir right now. This is me. I am you. I am say yeah. I want to know. You're, Even if I'm not into it, I think I, I really am curious. Your, I want to know. Your butt cheek says otherwise. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll get into the typo later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how how often in life do you meet someone in line at the bank, at the market, and they might have you you at first glance you probably have very little in common with that person. But with a with a keener insight, you start to kind of look, you start to kind of take notice of things, and you fight to start to find the, the similarities, the parallels, right? Between different people. And I think for me personally, it it, it turns me on. Like, why else do you travel? There's no reason to get on an airplane, spend 17 hours in a cabin, take an awful taxi to go to a hotel and sit in a pool and fly home and just sit on your phone. No, you don't You don't explore to do the same old, same old. Mm -hmm. You want to see something new. So the idea of say yeah is simply when you're confronted with something, even if it terrifies you, you know what? Again, if it's not causing harm, it might be worthwhile to investigate. So I've always kind of had that mentality. So growing up with Don and hearing this expression that he would use, and he would use it if it be a Texas Rangers game, if it be a girl in a tight dress. It, would, it was the same principle. It was like, hey, man, get a look at this. Say, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, or you're coming to the end of the night. You got to work in the morning. Your buddy pans you a beer, and you're like, come on, dude. I got, I got work in the morning. And, you know, Rory, how many times have you had to say to me, Brady? Yeah. You say yeah, said, right? Yeah. Like I said yeah a lot, and I don't work at that job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are. So, so Wesley fires up this podcast, and it's her quest to just find that that spark, you know, that that initial something that gets people going. So, with say yeah, it was always that mindset, and we'll we'll get into the tattoo in a minute. But before we do that, let's let the listeners have a little break. I want to hear again, just maybe. Ex kind of reiterate what is it in you that 
kind of inspired you to say, yeah, to turn. We're sitting in a house here in lovely Utah County at the 40th parallel. <laughs> and we're in a soundproof room with, with children and candles and laughter and light. And how did this come to be? This doesn't oh just gosh. happen. It doesn't just happen. And I think it was... It was a lifetime of being like a people pleaser and remaining small. I, I realized at an, as an early child that to make people feel comfortable, I would elevate other people while making myself small. Mm -hmm. I realized that I brought value to a room when I made other people feel really, really, really good. And the older I got, I, I correlated to, to making myself small to elevate others. She is the Art Garfunkel to the Paul Simon <laughs> of the world, people. <laughs> right? I really, but really I was like, okay, to make people feel good, I realize I have to be small, meek, mild. Don't say anything upsetting. Don't do anything weird. Just conform, fit mm -hmm. in. And then I lived a life that was unfulfilled. I had got mm -hmm. everything I'd ever hoped for. As a little girl growing up in the 80s and 90s, you're told be a wife, be a princess, mm -hmm. be a mom. And that's it. I mean, and, and I had all of that by the time I was 22. By Ooh. the time I was 22, I had two kids and a marriage and a mortgage. And then I was like, wait, what? Who who even am I? What mm. am I even, what am I doing? And then I went through the next decade kind of feeling that same thing. And then I got to a point where honestly, it was, I didn't say, yeah, I said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? It's a different tattoo, two same sides of the vibe. Coin. Yeah. But I really was like, am I living this life? I'll get fuck it on my other butt cheek. I, I Do you want fuck it and say yeah? <laughs> I mean, they go hand in hand. That sounds pretty I cool. mean, I don't think I would get F it on my bum bum. I might. Okay. Well, it depends can. the angle of copulation. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> it's not the best spot to have that phrase. But no. I, no, I, I feel you. And so you, you grew up in a family with three children. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I had the, the pleasure of, of meeting her mother and father just about an hour or two ago mm -hmm. and, and her younger sister. And obviously I'm, I'm originally the closest with, with her brother. How did you kind of feel and fit in your role as the, as the older sister? You're the exemplar. You're the one that kind of has to lead the way and you're being told, if not, you know, directly, but inadvertently, that this okay you're going to be a mom and oh you're you're pretty so you're going to be a pretty girl and mm -hmm. you're what even at the time did you have a moment where you kind of felt it wasn't right but you didn't have the courage or the the wherewithal at the time to kind of start to question oh every it? day it was the confidence i did not have the confidence within myself to take up space Mm -hmm. to take up a big amount of space. And I knew it even then, but the thing is is I didn't know how to do anything about it. Mm. I didn't know how how to change my ways. I felt really comfortable. It that's the thing. It's comfy doing the same thing day after day after day, year after year after year cuz you know how to live that life. Mm -hmm. The minute that you make another choice, you don't know what you're doing. And I think we live in a society where Everyone pretends like they know exactly what they're doing and how to do it and they have a plan when the reality is is that no one knows what we're doing. Even like the top of the top, the CEOs, the people that are like really doing life, they act like they have it all figured out. When they go to bed at night, they're like, what the f they're, they're talking with their wife like, oh, I got a big problem. I don't know what to do. How do I make it seem – how do I make it appear like I know what I'm doing when in actuality I don't? Well, that brings us, I guess, in a way to the this – 
okay, we're, we're speaking to an audience that obviously we're going to eventually promote something that's going to be through a, a social media platform, a platform in which you are given a very static look into a life. And really the analog to that, I think it, you know, you go back 20 years and it, it could be a VHS recorder, it could be a sitcom, but it's really, really easy and it's human to look at something and assume that, well, this is the way it's done. Mm -hmm. You know, I am a woman. I am a bearer of children. I am a man. I am a provider. I like bearer of children. Bearer of children. <laughs> you know, and and it's it, you 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 run a risk in in my opinion. You run a risk when you because you you don't want you don't want to be smirch and you don't want to knock it because to a lot of people that is their life, mm -hmm. and I think that I'm coming to you as a 32 year old person i barely passed 1 billion seconds it's like 31 and a half or something I didn't but know that. Didn't it's know that. really not, not that, that much not that. barely read that that a million seconds is 11 days and a billion seconds is 31 years i think yeah R really really think when you're like ah oh, you know buffalo wild wings did 2.2 billion and say like when you really think about a billion and then you get into the Carl Sagan, billions and billions and trillions. Like the numbers of wealth, the numbers when you hear a billion people don't have access to water. That's a scary, scary number because you can't visualize it. It's really, really hard. But like when, when, you, when you're speaking to a bunch of people, it's not everybody can start up. Well, actually, I don't know if I want to go that far. We live at a time where the one good thing with technology, with, with social media, is it gives a voice to everybody. To sometimes the voiceless. The the gatekeepers have been removed. Yes. And there's the problem is twofold and the opportunity is probably twice that. But if you are if you are sitting in a village in Kathmandu and you don't feel that you have a way to reach the world, this is the only time in history where you really do. Mm -hmm. You really do. But at the same time, your voice is going to be drowned out or it has the potential to be drowned out. So you got to come up with something. you got to find a way to make yourself unique, to, to in invest a little bit in yourself so that you can, I don't mean sell in the sense of a, a transactional way, but to sell your brand, to sell who you are. And that inspires people, right? I mean, just, okay, just as a girl, like not to get too deep, but I mean, as a woman, sorry, but... How many influential gals do you hear compared to quote unquote influential men? Mm -hmm. And if God, more than half, 51 ish percent, if, if your audience is 51 percent female, but everyone who's talking to you is coming from a, an old man perspective, like it's really easy to feel that you are just kind of, you know, swept aside, swept aside, so to say. So I, I think that's why I was really excited to come on this because it's really weird. And to anyone who's listening to this and who has been a loyal listener, you have been on the the air, quotes, for what? Six, Six months. Six months. That's ha it. Half of a year, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And just real, we don't, we don't need to get too deep into metrics, but for other fellow listeners, they might find this interesting. I, her younger brother, Rory. Rory, how many continents... Have tapped into this podcast. Oh, 
Um, how many countries? How many like? W- just I haven't looked since our first cup like month or two. But uh, is it embarrassing that I know the exact? Do you know the exact? I don't know it. <laughs> hey, listen, it. if you don't like love support yourself, who's gonna support you? I have to be my own che- cheerleader. That's I know true. the number, but I'm in fifty three countries. Fifty three countries. If half of the U.S. doesn't even have a passport, I think the number is higher. Think about that. 53 different countries. You would have to get on a plane, a bus, an automobile, and travel to so many places and meet a few people at rest stops. But right now, because of this technology, you have the access. We're speaking to 53, and after this one, we're going to go to 59 people. (laughs) (laughs) We have good numbers, great numbers, but that's that's really – it's really cool. Yeah. It's really important to have that. Um, how – what have you learned? Because I'm, I'm going to get into this, this the story of Say Yeah, but I think for the listeners as well, like what have you gotten out of in, in a half a year? You know, you, you manage the role of being a wife, being a mother – but also being an innovator, being a badass, being a blonde, oh, well, being a gal. Thank you, like, Matt. So what, what have you – taken from these six months of guests of conversations of waking up now have you smelled the roses like what i this is so funny you're so today we went camping this last weekend and it was a three-hour drive up to bear lake we drove down today and my bronson and i were talking about this like what did you get out of this and the craziest thing that i have gotten out of this out of this or out of camping not out of camping, oh. but out of like doing like a podcast, like starting a podcast on a whim. It wasn't really thought out. That is number one. It wasn't a thought out thing. It was like, eh, F it. Like, say yeah. Like, Damn. let's just do it. I can I can buy the equipment today. Mm-hmm. Just start it. The thing that I've gotten out of it the most is that anyone can do anything. You got, I did not know how to do this. I've been in this six months. I don't know how to give an interview. I Googled it recently. <laughs> and I And when I actually was giving I started to like do the tips that Google was telling me to do it was a TED talk keep how to your give shoulders back yes like yeah. what what to say how to respond yeah. I tried it out and I realized I hate that you, you got to go off the cuff I hate it mm-hmm. I like it when I just talk to my friends and sometimes they're not my friends it's like you I just met you I just like hearing what you have to say and well, if I have a, a rebuttal or a response I'll say it but if not I like hearing you talk and it's crazy that that anyone in the world can do this. And I think before I did this, I thought you had to be a special person, a trained mm-hmm. person, a person who has this big idea of, of what you want and where to grow and a plan and a business and money to back you and people to back you. I started this on a Tuesday night. I was like, yeah, let's buy it. Well, and you know how many how many businesses you name a brand, you name a you name a product that you've seen that you've stuffed into your pocket when you hear. The, even the innovators of those technologies are often the same exact type of people. Mm-hmm. It's people who didn't. The, the Steve Jobs, like these names get thrown around a lot. But honestly, like those type of people, we were talking about the founder of Chuck E. Cheese and how it relates to Atari and Power Rangers. You, you can go and dig these stories up. They're, they're deeply fascinating. But it's always that it's the renegade. It's the rogue person. It's not... It's really easy to assume when you buy your Zeppelin record that it's like, ah, oh, this was put out by this this corporate establishment. But there was a time when they were nobody's too. They were in their garage. They were in their garage. And now we live in a time where you can distribute your own music, your own brand, your own fashion, your own style, your own art. 
and you don't even need capital records a and m sorry for the zeppelin fans <laughs> you don't even need that so it's it's the 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 imperative is so urgent and we live in a time where it's really easy to get drowned out it's really easy to get drowned out and I don't know. I think it's inspiring knowing, just hearing through the periphery of how you've kind of, you've tackled this podcast. And if, yeah, on a Tuesday night, a, a, a mother in Utah, folks, can say, hey, you know what? I, I want to just chit chat. I want to, I want to dig. I want to cut into that pie that is life. And people listen because people mm -hmm. care and people want to hear that. They don't want to just hear the same scripted conversation time and time and time again. Yeah. I def I definitely didn't want it to be perfect. No. I didn't want it to be scripted. I wanted it to be what it is, and it's kind of messy. We kind of made a lot of mistakes. And we've brought the listeners in along the ride, and I think it's why it's successful. I mean, it's it's successful. That blows my mind, the fact that the show is successful. Like, it blows my mind. I can't believe it because I'm like, what are we doing? I like that about, like, not only just like podcasts, but when there's like guys on YouTube who I have followed for a few years and most of them are like sound engineer guys who are like, this is how I make a fat bass drum sound. But you can see their progression from like, it's some dude in a garage and you can literally see like, oh, now he has foam on the walls. Like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's doing it. He's getting there. And then that's a really big PA system. And I that's my favorite part of following those randos. You like to watch the growth. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite part. Yeah. It's the coolest part is Joe Schmo made his own studio. That all rhymed, too. <laughs> Joe Schmo Stadium. Yeah. I mean, is, is that not every superhero comic book story? It's like you can you can do it. But and I think that. How, how you quantify success, and this, this will go into, into say, yeah, that, okay, is, is success, would you rather have 53 different independent sovereign nations tuning in and listening to you and not make a dollar, make $100, make a million dollars, doesn't matter. Would you rather have that or would you rather, you know, have a distribution deal where you're working with a corporate company and they're going to control what you say? No, like the fact that Come on, we're in the middle of a uh, at the time of, of recording. We're at the middle of a uh, you know a global health crisis. Call it what you will. Protests around the world. You can't even find two people who agree on whether do you wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Do I protest? Do I not protest? Are the police evil? It's really hard to get that consensus, and that's I don't think that's new to this time. I, I think it's amplified personally, but. Where do you get 53 nations to agree on anything? And I'm, I'm convinced that you do this six more months and it's going to be 106 and it's, it's going to grow. Where do you get that kind of consensus in most things? It's not sports. Oh, I'm BYU. Oh, I'm the Utah BYU. whatevers. I, <laughs> I just learned about this rivalry today, folks. But, okay, it's, it's Celtics, Lakers, whatever. Like, it's, it's magic. It's bird. But you don't get that kind of consensus. But with – it's the, the punk rock ethos of the late 70s and early 80s with better distribution. And you can find listeners anywhere. And it, not even a listener, a, a fan. Someone wants to participate. If you, honestly, folks, if you're out there and you're tuned in right now, we'll set up something here. But 
let's get a little P.O. box. Send some postcards. Let's talk quick. Can we do a quick aside? Yeah. Frankly. <laughs> uh, so so my, my, my day gig. We got a P.O. box. Now. My day now gig. Now we got a P.O. box. <laughs> the... The pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> but, like, no. when is the last time? I'm going to put a challenge to anybody who is tuned in out there in listener land. When is the last time you wrote on a piece of paper with your fingers? Even the act of writing. I could We're, not agree with you more. And, and you know what? Is, is, any, is, it, is email inherently wrong? No. Is there another wrong? No, of course not. But connection is important. In a podcast, you are li- we are literally speaking into people's ears. There are people who are laying in their beds in their broken homes with headphones in. There are people tuned in on spotty kind of signals waiting for the Wi-Fi to download their, I don't know, 20 megabyte, I don't know, megabit, whatever. Sure. Like, it's really cool when you think about the way people access the things that they like. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really telling. You want to develop a brand how do surfers get boards in Palestine? You should really watch that documentary. Help me out on this. Uh, Gaza Surf Club. Um, the idea being that you get a you get a group of people who are really into something. It could be guitar players in Baghdad. It could be painters in Karachi. <laughs> and they will find a way to get the paint, to get the boards. You can be poor. You will find a way to get the guitar. No kick-ass rock and roll blues musician jazz pop it doesn't really matter most 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 of them if you're talking from ella fitzgerald to justin bieber they came from single moms broken homes people that did not have those traditional tools and then maybe they get famous and then you look at them and you go oh of course robert plant's got 18 cars but like he didn't come from that he was able to build that you're able to to grow up so I think it's important that if you're out there and you're watching your favorite YouTuber build his brand, build her her story, whatever it is, support him, listen to him, and you don't need that traditional, I don't know, top-down sort of mentality of, what, of what's good. Mm-hmm. And and you, you started this podcast off yourself saying how, what, you felt that after long enough, the top down the trickle down sort of success it wasn't enough Mm -mm. right no and i didn't like people's projections of me i think i wanted to show who i am what weird shit i'm into Mm -hmm. and then it made me realize everyone's into weird shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) no one talks about it but everyone's into this Mm -hmm. everyone wants to hear this stuff so I'm going to quickly pose a an open-ended question to our listeners and then while that while you guys ruminate on that there are three outside guests in our room at the we moment. We have some little some flies on the wall. Some flies on the wall. <laughs> um we'll start with Rory real quick. What was a time in your life where you you woke up? You had that realization, that little that spark, that little sort of thing that just said you know what, I'm going to grow my hair this way. Or, eh, you know what, I'm going to pursue this major. Or did mm. was, it, was it a person? Was it a thing? What, what was the impetus of that? Uh, well, to be honest, I don't think I'm awakened yet. I still have a lot of these, you know, things that – how do I – I don't know how to explain I it. I think you're totally wrong. I think you are you – are, 
I think you woke up early in life. Yeah, I think I, I woke up real early and was just like, I'm going to go against a lot of this grain, but not because I want to be a dick about anything. It's just, uh, I'd, I'd rather just be myself. So I don't... Like from an early age, from the age of 12, you knew traditional school was not your thing. Yeah, no, I've been wearing spandex since I was prepubescent because I was like, this looks coolest to me. I, that's a hard one for me to say. Cause well, well, I think it is hard, but okay, when you when you faced wearing spandex, <laughs> we'll start there. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got spandex, spandex out there in, uh, in listener land, I would love you to write us because uh, we'd like to see. But when you're wearing those tight-fitting... I like that you're treating this like... <laughs> It's pirate radio from 1960. Like, hey, we cool are off the coast of the UK, just broad- riding those waves, man. But um, I think actually, you know what it was? It was the first time I put. Pl- I actually know what it is. Okay. I was with. We West- got a revelation here, yeah, folks. I, Wait, I, like I, this I, is. I actually know what he's yeah! gonna say. Do you think? I, I actually know exactly. I what think it is. you know too. Wesley. I mean, she was. She's older than me, so I. She had older friends, and I always. Just, I wasn't trying to impress older friends, but I could do, I could skateboard, I could play guitar better than most of Let's her just say older it's friends. Like they came to hang out with me, and then they would ditch me for Rory. Yeah, awesome. I was just good at doing things that they were into rather than my age group was into. Rory is really easy on the eyes out there. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. But um, so I'd always hang out with older people, and through the, through our years, I think Wesley realized like. Oh, he can hang. It's fine if I bring him around to some of these functions or events or whatever. And she bought, brought me over to uh, a party with older people. And Guitar Hero had just come out. It was brand brand spanking new. And I was really good at it right off the bat. And there was Typical. the hardest song to play was Bark at the Moon. And I could play Ooh. it on Expert. Jake and I got Lee, so folks. good at it. Expert behind your head. I could play it behind my head. And... So she brought me to a party. There happened to be Guitar Hero there. And I was just, these are older people. I want to look cool right now. So I whipped that out. And there was like standing ovation. I got to hang out longer than that older crowd Post wanted. curfew. They, they wanted me to be there. They Ugh. wanted me to go skateboard or longboard and Provo with them. And I was like, this was awesome. And because of that, then I got a lot better at that game because I was like, this this opened up a whole new thing. I got into wanting to play live music. I got into wanting to look like the characters on that game. Like that's why I liked thrash metal because the my favorite guy on the game was in a battle jacket and high top sneakers and and I that was kind of this whole paging Alex like, Skolnick. Yeah, I got super into that and it completely changed the trajectory of where I was going at a young age from okay. a video game. But it, a freaking video game. but it was a, it was a talent and it was a skill that I had learned. But you and def- I knew you, that I could hone it and do it in front of crowds. And then I wanted to play real guitar in front of crowds. But you, you, you developed that. Like, as a guy who's known you, it's you know what's the ten thousand hour rule? Like, yeah. I, I've seen Rory put in that time. So, was there now? What did I guess? Let's let's take the if I can ask. Let's take the flip side. Not everyone gets motivation from an older sibling, you know, or who's who's like happy to have their younger brother tag along, mm-hmm. you know. Does 
I, again, I, I pose this to anyone listening, but like if, if you've got a father, if you've got a, I hate to even say it, you got a government, you got a censorship bureau, you got a, you know, an agency of information that doesn't quite support you going your own kind of your indie route, your, your punk rock route, your spiky blue hair. What, what do people do in that sense? And I don't think I have an answer to that either, but because, you know, persistence and perseverance, those are, those are good buzzwords, but like, does, does anyone have an idea of when you do face a lot of no's, how do you drop your yes? How do you drop your yes? How do you drop your yes in a world if you're a girl and it, it's, you know, it's a boy's game. Like, uh, uh, what do you do? What do you do? I honestly, to you or anyone. It's kind of macabre and it's kind of a shitty outlook, on, but like I truly have it in the back of my my mind at all times. Like I could get in a car accident in five seconds and die, and I, it's I I should probably just go do what I want to go do. Like it sucks to kind of live on that weird that edge of like i might die at any moment you really don't know when you will die so why not just do what you want to do how you want to do it when you want to do it and not give a shit about i think that's exactly it i I think i think the key to that is stopping care it's it's a practice you have to practice on how to not care about what other people perceive you as but 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 but, projection mine isn't but i'll never i'll never get i'll never ever get accepted i'll never get that promotion you guys what, what you, do I do? You, I think you can't look for the acceptance. I think you can't look for the promotion. I think you need to start doing your own thing. Instead of looking for the approval of others, you pave your own path. But, but you know, God, like, there's no way that she's ever going to fall for that. Like, I'm never going to get that girl. I'm never going to make the team. you're looking for the wrong girl. You're all looking for the wrong team. You need to join another team. You need to find another girl. You need to find another team. You need to find your way. Sweet. Wait, you, so you're, you're, are you trying to suggest that? If if the system isn't working for you, but you're going to play within the rules, you're not going to harm anyone else that I can play by my by my own system. Like you can develop your own way. You can you can you can shift the zeitgeist in a way that again don't don't interfere with others. But drop the f bomb. Like if somebody does not dig what you're doing, Fuck them. Because how many people go home at the end of the day? Who has had a day of work where you were so caught up? And it really, I'm speaking to you as someone who works in a school, but you can work in a restaurant. You can work in a machine shop. You can work as a, as a landscaper. At the end of the day, does anybody care when you're laying in bed with your wife your husband your brother yourself you're listening there is no no do you share a bed with your brother (laughs) i grew up in a very liberal family (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's so true when you think like okay the government you know what the government is a bunch of people the government is made of a bunch of people who go home to their brothers in bed it's not gonna be a thing (laughs) oh lord but you know you really you cannot care because anything you do is going to upset someone 
Mm-hmm. We it's as self evident as ever now. It's a paradox. You're damned so, if you do, damned if you don't. So, I think Palindrome. the best thing you can do is to blaze your own trail. Do do that thing that you enjoy. Um, can I ask another open question? Permission? Yes, and you need a podcast. Yes. Granted. No, 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 Matt, no. You Brady, just get a damn podcast. You're so good at this. No, let's I, get back into it. I, if I you can't, don't have a podcast by Wesley, the end of this year, I, I can't, will be personally offended. I can't do that because I don't have the, the I don't know how to I don't know how to plan it and <laughs> and, and and you know what if people think I'm stupid because if people thought I was stupid, you're going against Brady, everything. Say, yeah. No, 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 that that's that's good and that's dandy for on other your people, butt not cheeks. For you. But yeah, that doesn't work for me. Like my <laughs> <laughs> You see folks? Um is it not what is the most so what is um what is something that regardless we so okay, uh, m- many most people on on planet Earth for the last few months have had their uh, their schedules um shifted right you you've you've had a totally different way of going about your day how many people out there in listener land have done something with that time and this isn't meant to call anyone out no shame in the game my friend let it be let it be a little fire you do not need to start your own podcast you should <laughs> but you can pick up a pencil and start to doodle you can grab a recipe book you can do something. How many people out there? We got a, we got a few guests in the room right now. What is something you've done with this extra time? I have to cut in right here and let you all know that I'm so thrilled to announce that this week's episode is brought to you by Mudwater. I've been drinking mud water now for six weeks straight. No more coffee for me. And I noticed an immediate shift in my energy levels just within the first week. And honestly, mostly in my sleep schedule. I noticed my sleep felt deeper and I was falling asleep much easier than than normal and I was happy with just that those changes alone I was like oh this is nice but you guys things are starting to get really different I'd say by week four of drinking mud water it's like my internal clock shifted and it's just it's more than just a little bit noticeable for me now like there's this significant change in my energy and mood and sleep quality And dare I say skin, because my skin is just looking right and tight these days, you guys. I don't know what's happening to me, but drinking mud water is the only thing I've switched up in my routine. So I'm attributing all of this to the powerful and potent organic ingredients that are in this drink. So it's chuck full of things that are added in for a purpose, like turmeric for inflammation, cinnamon to help suppress sugar cravings, cacao and chai for mood and energy support and then these amazing medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane for focus cordyceps for physical performance and chaga and reishi mushrooms for immune and stress support and all of these ingredients are always 100% organic non-gmo gluten-free vegan whole 30 and kosher you guys it tastes divine don't let the name fool you this stuff is delicious it's like kind of like adult hot chocolate like (laughs) I cannot get enough of it I want to scream from the rooftops how everyone needs to try this amazing product and just see for yourself what changes you notice 
So you can find them on Instagram at drinkmudwater, and water is spelled W-T-R, or go to their website, mudwater.com slash woke. And you guys remember to use my discount code woke for 15% off any and all of their products. And if that's not good enough, they cover all the shipping for you. So check them out. Give them a try. Now let's get back to this week's show. I think we're, you know, the 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 eighth grade history books of the 22nd century are going to go ham with this decade. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. About that. Me too. And, and it's funny because when you, if, if Millard Fillmore is as distant as the Battle of Totenberg Forest. Who's Millard Fillmore? I don't know any of this. <laughs> Those two events were separated by a thousand years of history on two different continents. But it's really easy to go, who's Millard Fillmore? He was like 22nd president. Double check me on that. My point is, it's really, really easy to get caught up in the moment. And the moment that something becomes in your past, be it a thousand years, 10 centuries, folks, or a hundred, you kind of lump it in together, right? You just kind of think, oh, it was, the, it was history. Like, why do I need to learn history? It's just a bunch of things that happened. But I would argue a hundred years from now, when people look back at this, no one's going to give a goddamn hoot about local broadcast mask or no mask they're going to look at the the greater arch mm-hmm. did people come together shit no uh, people know no did did the world look at this moment because hey there's like you know like a kind of a climate crisis impending on mm-hmm. us and uh, there's it's a food crisis. There's a lot of problems right now, right? We're not going to look back on this moment and go, oh, well, you know, if, if the 51st person had voted for this, it would have gone. Th-. No, you got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is people need to come together. People need to realize, like, this this time we are living in is really different than the past. I, Preach Matt Brady. Okay, I want to go, go on a limb here. You are, of course, more than welcome to disagree with this statement, but I do not believe the common, it's commonly said, and it is true when you're like, oh, you know, Trump said this, the poli- the president said that, whatever. It's not about him. There's always been douchebag leaders. There has always been corrupt politicians. There has always been an underlying agenda. The only difference is we live in a world now where everything is amplified. For the very reasons why we are encouraging you to get your voices out there, bad voices get out there too. And what what is gonna happen if we don't look at this and go oh my god we are as connected as ever a disease can start in a market here and then boom it's next and then before you know it 20 percent record unemployment we are so connected you it's like it or not it's like fighting the sun you're not gonna win put on your sunblock people like you have got to realize we are connected these things are real. So the best thing you can do is, dude, is be cool with one another. Don't yell at someone. Chit chat. If someone doesn't want to wear a mask, if someone wants to wear a mask, you know what? Don't challenge them on it. Say like, hey, I'm really curious. Why? What gave you the idea that it's good or not good? And then when you talk to them and you find out, well, you know, my, my, my grandmother. Oh, you have a grandma. My grandma, too. Oh, doesn't she have that funny old recipe for chicken bone soup? Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're all the best. 
And then you just immediately realize, no, it's it's not this this, this dichotomy, this black white. It's really not that. It's just it's just people. It's mm-hmm. just people. Yep. And if you say yes to more of those uncomfortable experiences, if you if you don't like gay people, just go make a gay friend. And I guarantee you, in like an hour, you'll be his buddy. You'll be her friend. You've never met a Muslim? Go do it. They're cool. Better coffee than you drink. Guaranteed. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> if you have that mentality, and you know what? And if you try and you don't like it, that's fine, too. We but should probably let people know, when- people know that uh, you're extremely traveled and you are cultured and know language and you've lived – that you're you practiced what you've preached here and made these for and yeah testament song what what do you mean you were well traveled i don't know this you travel is that your job what's your job who are you after all this what the heck ah. yeah, shout out to the omnibus for like 30 minutes in folks i love this <laughs> no um no i i i have been fortunate to get to both struggle and strive in places that were not my own um was it always the result of you know sweat and brow no some of it was luck but i have lived on a couple of different continents i have lived in villages and cities motorcycles and cars horse-drawn carriages and oxen if we're going back to cambodia and honestly Oh, I got it. Okay, I I could summarize this in a really good way. In 2014, uh, Chinese New Year, to our listeners who follow the lunar calendar. (laughs) What are we, the year of the rat? No one knows. No one knows. You know. Um, No, but a couple of years ago, (laughs) I, uh, I, I found myself living in a really, really remote, well, not so much anymore. The city has grown, but in a remote part of Cambodia and... In Southeast Asia, the there's a lot of stereotypes, of course, of things that people eat. And what a great way, what a great way to put it on display, right? If you got a problem eating dog, well, go to India and talk about eating a burger. You got a problem eating shellfish, well, you know, like, so Chinese New Year, and uh, you're in the countryside, and Dogs do not have the same role as they do in American households. People do not abuse their animals. They're not evil. They're no more evil or better than you. But dogs are dogs. People are people. You know, they have their place. And when uh, celebration time comes, and especially in a place where poverty is a real thing, and families are five and six and seven children, and work is inconsistent, to say the least, There will be a time when it's a celebration and there is a field dog and you will kill the dog and you will cut the dog into pieces and you will sever its skull and you will eat its brain. And I'm using these words in a way because it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable until you realize that in that moment, like I had to do when the skull was served to me by a woman three times my age who lived through a genocide far worse than anything I could ever write down in a heavy metal science fiction song (laughs) that this dog wasn't killed out of grimace and you know 
a sadistic intent to destroy. No, it was a dog. And the dog provided food for the people who came together and sat on the dirt and cooked out of a pot, cooked on sticks that were pulled from behind the grass and bamboo hut. It couldn't have been more basic than that. And in that moment, eating that dog, I wasn't eating a pet. I was taking part in something that had been going on for a long time. I was not malicious. I didn't understand it. It didn't make me feel comfortable. But it reminded me that just like me, if a hundred years from now, can you imagine people, we're living in the takeout world. You get a plastic bag with your salsa in a plastic cup that's on paper wrapped in your burrito that just throws into the trash and the trash wait a minute your trash goes into the ocean oh wait wait hold on a second this is the same ocean that you fish from right <laughs> oh wait and that's the same ocean that con controls the, the cannot controls but influences the weather and that's the same weather that drops rain on your fields oh and that food feeds your people and you just wait you just dump that shit right it really makes you question that Nobody, I don't know what I'm talking about. Nobody knows. But you can't come at something with your own sort of prejudice because if you do, you're a pet murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't eat your poodle. Uh. But don't look down on someone who might because there is an Orthodox Jew and a Hindu, and a Muslim looking at you, folks. So you either respect life or you don't, or you draw the line where you will, but don't judge. So this is say yeah. It's say yeah. This is say yeah. It is say yeah. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I didn't you, know all of this. You knew. I knew. I'm just Rory, why, why did you get say yeah? So say yeah, people. We've now reached the, I don't know, 40-minute mark. 54th minute. 54th minute. Say yeah is a tattoo. This is a call to arms. This is a call to action. <laughs> I want you. Now go back and you can think of Lady Columbia. Everybody knows Uncle Sam, folks. Google Lady Columbia. That's why uh, Washington, D.C. is called D.C. Columbia was the uh, female representation of the United States. Uh, went on for about a half of a century. Sounds better than 50 years. It's the same thing. <laughs> but when you say it that way, you're like, oh, sure. They were pretty woke. <laughs> they were pretty woke. <laughs> but uh, no, Lady Columbia, she was the representation of the United States for a long period of time. And um, nations have, for many years, for many, many, many centuries, used a, uh, a figurehead, right? I an idea. If you speak to the average American, informed or uninformed, we do. We have a special love for our flag, and that is not unique, right? No. Yeah. Stars and stripes. You can love it or you can hate it, right? But it's a symbol, and we rally behind that symbol. Mm -hmm. Rally behind that symbol. Um, if you are out there and you are someone and you're looking and you see what a perverted peace sign, it's the Mercedes logo. Mm -hmm. It means something to you. Right. And, and if something means something to you, you might. Oh, someone's rolling marbles. <laughs> that was a tequila bottle. Tequila bottle. <laughs> Topper. So um, we're sitting here and we're thinking, OK, say yeah. Right. Rory, you um, 
Theia is an international movement. Mm-hmm. It spans five continents. It spans so gender. So far. So far, yeah. Currently, if you are listening from, weirdly, Asia, quite a lot of you out there, or Antarctica. Wait, as in Asia, there's a lot of say yeah participants. No, in those Asia? are the two we're missing. Antarctica mm-hmm. and Asia. We mm-hmm. need to get a scientist over on Antarctica to say yeah. I don't know the ethics of tattooing a penguin, but <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem like they'd be into it. <laughs> say yeah is something. It's an idea that we referenced earlier in this uh, episode that if there's something that freaks you out, something that's a little weird to you, run towards it. Don't run away from it. Don't go back to that thing you already know. You're not wrong if you do that. But like, my God, we live in a world where, I don't know, read the news in Florida. Like, a lot of shit fucking happens. <laughs> don't just stick to basic cable. If you got a Netflix account, you you exemplify this. You got Spotify. The reason, if you're listening to Spotify to listen to no digs, I'd kill to be Justin Timberlake. <laughs> but like you can hear him on the radio. Use your Spotify to get into your Bing Crosby's, yeah. folks. Right? Like get that stuff that you can't normally get, and that's the that's the idea of say yeah. So I would like to finish with the topic of today's story. Um, so Leslie, I'm gonna have you kind of probe <laughs> Leslie with an L. <laughs> Leslie with an L. We're loke with Leslie. Loke. Okay, when if you if you're an average listener and you've stuck through fifty seven seven minutes, okay, give or take, and you're at this point, and you're like, okay, get to the point. What is what is your your preemptive knowledge of just like a Saya tattoo? Wait, a guy went to Vietnam. Oh wait, no, he didn't go to Vietnam. He went to Canada. He went to Canada to not go to Vietnam. And he went to Canada and he grew weed. Wait, why did he put weed in the hockey bag? Oh, the hockey bag came to the U.S. and then he came down. What does that have to do with anything? What's your general assumption before I lead into the story? What does say I mean to you as a diner who has yet to drink the Kool-Aid? I feel like say yeah is saying yes to what you really want in the moment that you really want it. Not going with the flow, not not going with what's expected of you to do, but doing with what you really feel like you want to do when you want to do it. And before we jump in, outside of your podcast, could you tell a personal anecdotal story of something silly? It could be an ear piercing. It could be a tattoo. What's something that you did in your life where at the time? I will tell you that every single moment in my life where I said yes, where I think it was a little bit like, what's the word? It's a little bit like taboo, a little bit gossipy. All those all those moments where I was like, what did she just say yes to? Every single one of those moments was a life pivotal, like it it changed the trajectory of my life. One was getting pregnant at 19 and I said yes to that. Like, oh, okay, I'm pregnant. Let's just do this. Let's have a baby. Getting married at 19. That was another like, you should not get married at 19. Now at 19, you, you obviously have a much narrower scope of life experience. At that time, what was going through your head? The, the truth of the matter was, is that I wanted to do it. I was scared and I knew I knew nothing and I knew it was going to be hard and treacherous and it was all those things. But the core of what was going on was that I, I wanted to do it. And it trumped all of the scary what ifs, 
all of the people saying, you know, you're losing your childhood. You know, you're, you're missing out on these fundamental years of growth. I knew all that. And I still felt like I wanted to do it. And so pregnant at 19, was she born at uh, 20? I was 20. Yeah. 20. Okay. 20 and the baby comes out. So in the United States, 21 is the age for most of us when we can even go to a bar. Even to, drink to, alcohol. To order a beer. So you, you can you can have a child before you can have a beer. Mm-hmm. And when you were a young mother, what were some of the things at first? Because I would imagine as a non-parent, as, as, a, as a man, like... Just being a mom imparts you with kind of this response, this assumed responsibility, not in the sense, of course, that you got to take care of your child. You must feed your child. You must be a good mother. But the traditional route seems to be really stuck upon you, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a young mom. Mm -hmm. So did you have times where you just thought like, oh, my God, who am I? What like? What am I doing? I want to have this baby. I'm having this baby. I'm loving this child, but I'm still a 20-year-old kid. I decided to do both. And and everyone told me that that was not possible. Everyone said I had to pick one way or the other way. You either are a good mom and you only are a good mom or you are So you wouldn't get a tattoo mom. on your butt. Yes, no, at that time I wouldn't have. But I did. It took me about 2 years and I realized that I could have both. Even though I was living in a world where everyone told me I couldn't, I decided I could. I could be the best. I think I am a good mom. And I think I was then too, especially back then. But I think can, I decided. Can confirm. You can confirm. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I can you. Confirm. I decided to be the best mom in the world. And then I would leave away on weekends. And I got a little bit of that fundamental experience in very incremental doses where I could grow as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I would come back on Monday and you bet your ass I was just the same or even better amount of a good mom. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have a child, or if you are a child and you have a single mom or a loving mother and father, like how many people out there can relate to this story? That's the I don't question think anyone I talks pull. about it. Because I don't think it's I, comfortable. But there's nothing to be ashamed of. Why? Nothing to be ashamed of. I'm going to be of. devil's advocate here. Why? Because... I was told that a, a good mom is, you know, she stays at home and her husband, he leads the show and she runs the house. Why, why, why is that bad? Why, or why, why could that be bad? We I can't think it's say different. It I think anything when it's different or new is labeled bad before it's understood. And then I think we're a slow, I think our country, I think our na- I think the world is slow to catch up. Just now we're legalizing weed. You guys, why is it taking this long? You know what I mean? Like, I think we're just slow to catch up. But the the newcomers, the new moms, there's more. There's more information. There's more mom groups online. There's more support. There's more people like me being like, you can be a good mom. You can experience yourself, and they can go hand in hand. So and you can me- let your children in. My kids know me. I think that's new. But your like, your husband has tattoos, and yes. I personally think that. No respectable father could have tattoos because it's going to set an example for the children. I know. And if they decide to spend 28 minutes to two hours in a parlor where a guy sticks a cassette recorder needle into their arm, you're clearly an evil person, right? (laughs) Like, 
but th- that is a f- that's a funny thing, and that's real. It's that is real. real in so many places. I've had places. this real life conversation with a with a a lovely, well intended woman in my life. Mm-hmm. Like like best intentions. This was a real conversation I had. This exact one. Is, is there a message you could give to? To anyone, and and I don't mean to say if you are from a culture or a family or just a mindset where you don't like tattoos, and that's not about tattoos, but you don't have to. But it it does not make you mm-hmm. a bad person to have long hair, a tattoo, a nipple ring, N- n- you know, name your prize, right? We're 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 at the county fair here. I had all three of those. <laughs> How many? I pierce my own nipple. I pierce my own belly. Button. How many crummy parents have a haircut that you could set your watch to? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like your your decisions are that which will define you. Which is funny, not to go on a on a on the longest side, but like I'm not a religious person, but I grew up in a very religious household. I spent seven years at a religious school. And the story that I tell, I think, the most is that there was a time. My hair always touched my ears, which was forbidden. It was haram. Or my collar. You couldn't do that. But, like, your whitewashed version of Jesus had long hair. Anyway. (laughs) But um, we were playing caveman. We were playing, like, you know, like... um, was it the Denisovans? We were we were early early humans, and we were talking in a made up dialect. And I was sent to the principal's office, and it wasn't for the thing that you would think. I was sent to the principal's office at a religious school because the language I was speaking. Wait, you and a friend were doing a um, caveman bit. I don't know, we're first grade, second grade. Was this like in front of the class or you guys were just sitting around in the back? I don't remember the exact, we probably did it a lot. Like if you think, you know, think how little kids are. But my principal had an issue to the point where I had to spend a week eating lunch with the principal. When you're a little kid and you had to eat lunch with your principal, that's a, you know, that's a, the black eye. Oh, I had that very often. It's called ISS where I went. (laughs) In school suspension. In school suspension. And it was for the very reason that I was speaking according to Principal X. I won't name his name, but I was speaking a language that was outside of the Tower of Babel. And if you go on the religious, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to mock, but the Tower of Babel, it's not, it's not true, folks. And that was the reason. It wasn't because, like, oh, you kids with your imagination. It was, you're using a language that predated this institution, which God gave. And we were punished for it. And I remember thinking, even as a child, like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. <laughs> Who, how can you make that assumption? How can you make that claim, right? So I think about it now. If you're doing something where someone else gives you a back ass words justification for it being wrong you really got to ask yourself who gives them the right 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 outside of the norm but we're not advocating anarchy go to somalia you want anarchy go to somalia it does not work out i'm not suggesting that but like it's really crazy 
when you think about life, how many people will say no when indeed they should be saying yes? Well, we give our power away. We give our power away. Why? Because it's easy. Because it's easy to have someone tell you what to do, where to be, when to be there, what to do, what to say. Oh, but I'm not like that. I don't believe that. That's not true. I know. And And then you are. And then you are. And then you are. And then you have. That's what waking up is. So when you that's wake what up, say yeah is that's what waking up is. We're saying the same thing. We're using. I think that that's the problem with all of us is we're all saying the same shit and we use different verbiage and we think we're different. Everyone's kind of wanting the same thing. Who doesn't want to break out of that like mold? <laughs> mold Who and just really wants to work nine to five. Does anyone really want to work nine to five? You know what? I will give my personal address to anyone who wants to mail me a postcard and say I want to sit in a cubicle and <laughs> type on a QWERTY keyboard. Even the name QWERTY, come on. Looking at that history, it's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Now, if you want to type, you should be able to type. But that's, that's not what you were meant to be. You did not evolve from a single cell to sit in a desk and drone notes to people who do not care what they're reading and who have to give edicts upon those things that they have read and then hold conferences to report upon them. I work in a public school system, folks. That's all it is. <laughs> Ugh. Teachers do way more. So say yeah, folks. All right. If you're listening to this still, <laughs> I want all right, all you listeners. Okay, we're going to oh, take a turn here. Animated have now. you ever listened to he it? Looks like, he looks like, uh, what the hell is his name? It's David Lee Roth. He's like about to hump the mic. Yo! <laughs> All right, people, if you live in a culture where you have access to a tattoo artist, I'm going to tell you a story that is going to make you so wet in the nethers <laughs> that you are going to desire, and I will bet within a week you'll have this tattoo. And at the end of this podcast, you must stick around. You can hit that little 30-second skip button. But I hope you listen to this story because it changed my life, and may it hopefully change yours. Say yeah. The first say yeah tattoo was <laughs> undertaken in the spring of 2012. <laughs> this is, yeah, we, you know what? We might as well edit the last hour out. In the spring of 2012, according to the Mayan calendar, the world was coming to an end, right? But for my cousin and I, that was, that really wasn't uh, in the cards, you could say. He and I, I never had a brother, but I had a cousin. And if you never had a cousin, you probably had a Game Boy. And with that, you developed a bond. And when he and I decided to get stoned one night and listen to some an English foursome sing about the forces on the opposite side of our moon, you can do the math, um... He was like, yo, man, because this is how people in California talk. Yo, man, like, we should get a tattoo. Yeah, but I don't have any tattoos, I said to him. And he's like, well, you should. And if we're going to get a tattoo, we should get it on our butt. And I said, I can't get a tattoo on my butt. I have a mother. And he's like, oh, come on. You know, we all have a mother. And in the end, he looks at me and he just goes, and he's, you know, kind of inciting the, the ethos of, of Don Lawson. He goes, say yeah. So on that night in 2012, springtime, he and I call up a local ink jockey and he is willing to meet with us and 
We drop trow, and the two of us decide in that moment that we are going to get the words, the motto, the ethos of say yeah imprinted permanently on our on our butts, our dairy area. And <laughs> what was so funny about this is he's like, wait, so you guys want like, okay, matching, but you know, because if you're a tattoo artist, you've seen it all. Like, oh, tattoo on your butt. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But it was enough to invoke the question. So we told the story of Don and how Don was this kind of free spirit that kind of had to evangelize his way of life because he was forced as a refugee from rural America. Just It doesn't have to be rural America. It could be, again, we keep talking about Karachi. To all our Pakistani listeners, you could come from a place where your leaders suck and you can't say that they fucking suck, but you know they suck. And so our idea was, well, we do live in a land where we can get this tattoo. We want to get Say Yeah, the ultimate call to to call to freedom individual freedom not like conquer your city hall with guns like don't do that people be nice but don't don't impose upon me your your silly will so we get say yeah the first two of us and if you've ever seen looney tunes and you know the genius of mel blank of course that's all folks (laughs) you know that when porky pig finished that cartoon he could whip that last sue like a motherfucker (laughs) and it would say that's all folks so we thought well you know let's get the word say yeah s-a-y-y-e-a-h if you can get custom license plates in your uh, country folks it's seven digits that's the uh, minimum number (laughs) get your say yeah so we get this on our butts and immediately People within our neck of the woods, our neighborhood, start to take notice. Matt Keller, shout out. Beer. Beer. To uh, Jeff Chadwick. Junk. Junk. Um, a couple of our knucklehead friends. You're like, all right, a couple of your like burnout friends with long hair and you know bad facial hair decide to like ink their booty. But it starts to grow. And I was, again, I was really lucky and in 2012, I moved to Costa Rica. And in that time, I got to meet some folks. And pretty quickly, it became, became kind of a funny a funny jam, right? Say, yeah, that's a funny, silly thing to have on your butt and like a cartoon font. And before you know it, met a girl in a plutonic way who thought it was Honestly, super, super cool. Esme, you were the original. We were in Vietnam. We were in Da Nang. And she tattooed it on her body. Say yeah. And she's like, I've always felt that I was kind of beaten to my own drum. And I never thought I'd kind of fit in. And I was like, kind of fuck it. And it sounds kind of cool to be in this family. And at the time, this is a British girl with a couple of Yankees like she's talking to. And she's like, okay, we could span the pond. All right, cool. Great. Right. Well, then that story started to spread, and that's where it got interesting. And I would say in about 2014 is when it really took its turn. Um, before you know it, we had our second, third, fourth woman. We had a Brazilian goddess named Paula who, when we were in Israel, She's living there with her husband, and I mean, she she grew up in a secular household, folks, converted, and converting to Jews, Judaism is not 
like becoming a fan of uh, Insane Clown Posse. Like, it takes time. <laughs> you got to learn. You get. She dedicated years of her life to this. And then we meet her, and this creed seemed to resonate a little strong, more strongly with her. No. And she tattoos it, again, oh. without telling her husband. Oh, my gosh. And if there's one person I hope who's not listening to this, it's her, her husband. husband. <laughs> because I actually want to it, – it exemplifies the point. Her husband is a nice man. He's been nothing but kind to me. But he comes from a, a place where maybe no fault of his own other than his lack of consideration – has a very um, a very sturdy way of imposing his beliefs on his wife to a point where I don't know any I think of the average person listening to this might go like you know do you really get to decide how she gets to an appointment like it, it's the 21st century her getting that tattoo was important I think because for her it was a way of stepping out waking up saying yeah there are doesn't matter your your preference but gay straight europe africa north america south america this tattoo through people that have been individually influenced by you know kind of our friends we got a cool little friend group we're lucky and as recent as yesterday, less than 24 hours ago, I arrive in Salt Lake City to meet a wonderful, wonderful woman, um, Maddie. We'll leave her, her last name out of it, but it's a great Futurama character. <laughs> and Maddie, like, we go into her house and she's got a hairless cat, you know, right there. Like, ooh. Say, <laughs> <So>, yeah. <laughs> she became our 20th person. Um, so there's 20 say yeah tattoos on the booty. There are. That you know of. There could be more. 20 people on this planet who decided to tattoo their ass based upon a out-of-date expression by a Texas hippie hick. <laughs> Ranging from Palestinian moms, which to any Islamic listener, it's quite haram to get a tattoo without your husband even knowing and she did it because it was that important to her because anything good in life you're gonna have to say yeah to it's not gonna it's not gonna come to you the really good shit you're gonna have to seek out and in order to do that sometimes you're gonna piss some people off oh. so i want to institute a call to arms a call to butt, a call to, butt. <laughs> to our straight listeners our gay listeners, our black listeners, and our white listeners, every shade in between, our short hairs, our long hairs, our blue eyes, and our brown eyes. If you are tired of going to your day-to-day -day existence, but you can't start your own company, you can't marry your dream guy, here's what you can do. Find a tattoo artist. <laughs> They're not as far away as you think. <laughs> Give them a couple days pay, depending on where you live, adjusted for inflation. <laughs> Drop your fucking trousers, your pants, sus pantalones. Los pantalones. And ask them to 
mark upon you the the creed of say yeah make your designation known that you want to be a part of this global family that spans time your bodies will decompose folks but the ink will remain <laughs> spans gender spans religion spans expectations pull down your pants start with a ballpoint pen a sharpie a marker a feather a quill it does not matter mark upon your butt say yeah if you know who porky pig and the looney tunes are then god help you do it in that font but even if you can't do the tattoo put it upon your ass go to sleep wake up the next morning and look in the mirror and see yourself. See that message that sits beyond your eyesight and sits below your belt line. And think to yourself, do you want to be remembered by something greater than yourself? If so, you will not, most likely, invent the next Apple computer. You will not develop the next Snapchat app, but you can be a part of this family. This is a global family. We've reached 20. You don't know anybody who has 19 of the same things as you. So, call to butts. Get your pen, get your tape deck needle, get your tattoo artist, get your say yeah tattoo, take your photograph, and may I drop a, uh, what's it called? You drop whatever you want. We will be recording this and releasing this by me with a one or two week delay. In the meantime, I will make available with my lovely cohort of free thinkers a database for which you can share, mingle, and discuss, and most importantly, put upon display your own asses. Let them be flat. Let them be curvaceous. Let them be hairy. It does not matter. Let them be white. Let them be white. Let, let them be cellulite. Let them be cellulite. Maddie's was real sunburned. And you send your photographs. You join this family. You follow us. We are at 20. And I bet with a listenership such as this, we can reach 200. Oh, boy. I think we are, you're going to reach more than this. I feel like I have to get it tattooed on my ass. You probably should. So Maddie met him. I'm the only one that doesn't have it in the room. Maddie met him yesterday for the first time without us really even saying anything. We're like, hey, our friends are here. Uh, they want to see Salt Lake. And within, I don't know. Two hours? If we that. She was, we were walking to a tattoo shop. She wanted to get it so bad that during our walk, scooter. she just found a bird scooter and was like, I'll See you there, and just book took off. She was gone. She didn't even have, she didn't even have the design. She just took pictures of our asses and was like, no. "All right, I'm out of here." That's how bad she wanted it. Wait, okay. So what is the name? Do you even have the name yet? Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, there is no way to know which. <laughs> um, as of the question being posed upon me, we have not given a name. So I actually need to come up with something to ensure that it is original and marketable. We will put it in here. Okay. We if we will... don't have it now, it will be. I will say this. I will make a bet that if I create the Instagram account, we will start there. And when we say say yeah, we're talking S A Y Y 
E A H. I would love to invite you to come and take a peek into our silly world, and you can see our butt cheeks. Um, for oh, for those who are curious, um, this has been the norm as of now, and I think in true say fashion that break the mold, folks. But Typically, our men have stuck to the right butt cheek, your right quadrant, while the ladies have commandeered the left. Ooh, and while the ladies, until yesterday, have Maddie. capitalized upon a really kind of a sensual <laughs> cursive script, uh, the men have stuck to the porky pig. <laughs> That's it all, looks folks. like it's written in rope, right? <laughs> it's written it's in rope. Toy Story rope, yeah. So Toy Story, yeah, like Woody and Buzz. Um, so if you are a lady listener and you are curious about joining the family because, hey, we throw killer parties, you can write us and send to our P.O. box, which will be updated soon because, oh, yeah, we briefly talked about the handwritten letter. The art of writing is dying. Folks, pick up your pencils, pick up paper, send it to your grandmother. I promise she will appreciate it um tell people that you love them um turn your phone off a couple days a week um like spicy food (laughs) (laughs) try new foods (laughs) try new foods let that be the thing never say the worst thing you can say i don't want to be too pedantic but i don't like it well have you i mean have you ever tried it well no but i don't like it that's the problem, folks. That's what we're trying to eradicate. We are trying to wake you up with Wesley, and that is what we have done here today. And I want to give her the ultimate shout-out. I rambled far too long on this podcast, but it was a really, really nice experience. And if you could come yourself to see her wonderful studio, you would understand why this podcast is going to continue to grow because of listener support and viewers like you. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Brady, you are something else, my friend. I want, I'm calling you out. This is me calling you out publicly. Publicly. You need to do something like this. You're made for this. Secondhand knowledge is a potential podcast ready to drop in as long as it takes for Wesley to. Secondhand knowledge? Yeah. Wait, that you want to do that? That was a name dropped by Miss Adi Berkowitz in Israel Israel for if you. Okay, I, I'll tell you this. If you want to get in touch with me, we'll find a way to do that. And I promise you, I can make learning better than sex. Whoa. You I contact mean, you me. So, and I believe you. I will give you secondhand knowledge that is essentially just synthesized Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> but most people are too lazy to pick up that dictionary, and that is why we are here to podcast you. So, folks... Say yeah. Look down at your butt. If you feel that you are missing something in your life, it is probably a stitch of ink on your booty. And if there is ever, ever something that truly, truly troubles you, just remember that you can always wake up. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that, my friend Matt Brady. Ah. You're a gem. Until next time, until Roy ruins. Stumbly brother. <laughs> My sound man just ruined the sound. Yeah, no, big Secondhand knowledge. Matt Brady. Second
Say yeah. Say yeah. To a podcast near you. Boom! Boom!